once your business gets to a certain size, the cracks start to emerge. Things that used to take just a day now take a week. You deserve a customized solution, and that's NetSuite. Learn more when you download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist, absolutely free, at netsuite.com slash cloudwars. That's netsuite.com slash cloudwars. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live, the podcast that's exploring the digital revolution and the extraordinary changes that it is having on our personal lives, our professional lives, if there was any space in between those these days, or maybe it's creating some new space between personal and professional. And we're delighted to have with us on this episode, one of our monthly digital all-stars, Tony Uphoff, who's been a multiple-time CEO. He has uh, been in the tech business, media, data business, done some digital transformations of his own. Tony, it's great to see you. Bob, fantastic to see you and a belated happy birthday, my friend. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. They they seem to be coming more often, Tony, than than not. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you've got a natal anniversary looming. I do later this month. Thank you for remembering. All right. All right. Um, so, Tony, you know, uh, guys who are uh, have been around for a couple of years, as you and I have, we we've seen a lot of these uh, revolutions. Some are revolutions more in name than in fact. But yeah. I'm getting more and more the feeling that this Gen AI revolution is real. So I wanted to just sort of broadly kick us off here, Tony. Um, you're seeing, you know, from your role as a CEO uh, across a number of industries, you're seeing, right, a different mindset uh, that CEOs, maybe non-tech executives are taking toward technology and particularly this wild new world of Gen AI. Talk a little bit about that and the things that you think are both the directions that non-tech C-suite executives should be yeah. thinking about and maybe ones where they're wandering down a, a, a thorny path otherwise. Yeah, Bob, I think, you know, a couple of things. Starting at the basics with what you talked about, that we've seen these cycles and let, let me just use the expression market transitions. And these market transitions tend to be ushered in by a new or emerging technology that forces everybody to react, no matter where you are in the ecosystem. If you're a buyer of technology within a business, if you're a provider of technology, and, and if you think about it, there's there's really three that you and I have, have uh, been actively involved in. The, the, the mainstreaming of the personal computer in business, the mainstreaming of the internet in business, and mobile uh, technology. And if you think about it, what happened is regardless of who you were, if you were a CIO of a, of a company with the dawning of the PC marketplace, you realized you had to change every your thought process about how to provide information for the employees of your company and the right kinds of tools. Same thing with the internet, certainly the same thing with mobile. I think what's happening here, Bob, is it's um, an equally powerful, I would argue market transition, it being generative artificial intelligence. I think what is perhaps different here is that it is moving so quickly. It has mainstreamed so fast. And by mainstreamed, I'm thinking about the influence of consumer adoption on business. You know, you've got now hundreds of millions of people using generative artificial intelligence. And then how rapidly major providers of technology, all of these companies, if I can use the expression, kind of pivoting of integrating generative AI into their products and, and, and services. But let me focus just for a minute 
on those businesses that buy technology. And, and I think what's happening is generative AI is having a really big impact on the buyers of business information uh, systems and, and technology. First and foremost, I think it is causing a lot of companies to slow down a little bit, not necessarily slow down in their purchasing, but to start to look at um, where can generative AI play a role that could be transformative in nature. And, and I think that's a, you know, that's a big shift. You know, perhaps in a previous cycle, maybe, hey, we got to hire somebody that understands PCs or we got to hire somebody that understands the internet or, you know, gee, now that we have the internet, we have to hire, you know, security officers and digital security and cybersecurity experts and things like that. But I think, you know, what I'm hearing from a lot of companies is they're beginning to understand the potential of the power of generative AI. So they're starting to think through, hey, are there new roles here? Mm -hmm. You know, it sounds, sounds funny, this idea of a prompt engineer. Mm -hmm. I had never heard that term up until, what, about 60 days ago. I will tell you in my conversations with C-level executives, that term is coming up almost every time. Yeah. They're wondering whether they need prompt engineers. They're wondering how to define that. And so I think you're gonna see more and more of that where there's there's some either enhanced or new roles that are gonna come into companies with the express understanding of how do I harness the power of this really remarkable uh, technology. I think the other area that I'm seeing is because of the mainstreaming of Gen AI, Bob, I think it's, it's accelerating this idea that you're seeing more people within businesses that have a say or have skin in the game when it comes to the purchase of business technology. And you and I have talked about this a lot over the years. I really think that the moment in time, whenever this was, let's say it was in the last five to seven years, when the average business went from using technology to fundamentally operating the business on technology, I think you saw a lot more people that realized, look, if I'm the GM of a division or I'm an upwardly mobile CMO or whatever the heck my position is, if I don't understand and can participate in the strategic discussion of the application of technology in this company, I'm gonna limit my career growth. So I think new roles. Second thing is I think we're seeing an expansion, right? Of, of the, let's call it the, the uh, business technology buying committee, Bob, that, you know, that's out there. Um, and then the last one I'll just throw out there that I think, you know, fits in here. It will be fascinating. I don't think we know yet. But if you look at the potential for generative AI to augment decision-making and to speed data analysis, um, it, it is, it, talk about game-changing. What, whatever, you know, uh, adjective you want to put on top of this, it, you know, it's probably apt. There's no question that's going to change how businesses run. I was talking to a company the other day. Now, by the way, I want to be very clear. I'll give a caveat that I don't necessarily agree with this. But I was talking to a company that said they predict that the role of CFO will wane in importance in the future because of tools like generative AI to really assist in doing forecasting and predictive analytics. Again, I don't believe that to be true. I think what will happen is that you'll see the CFO role become even more strategic and more important because a lot of the, the ledger management that comes in, uh, in a company's day-to-day -day accounting will be less of a hour by hour focus of finance teams where they can really focus on the strategic application of capital and you know fundraising or whatever else is going on from a financial point of view in the company.
Um, Tony, great points across those three different areas. I wonder, do you have a, a perception on, uh, you know, if I, I just say, are there some rabbit holes that you would advise CEOs and other CXOs to avoid in this whole Gen AI thing, right? Like it, it can be so uh, seductive, you know, to say, well, I got to lead our company into the future here. And they do. But what are some things, you know, to avoid as they go down that you know, envisioning what this transformation reinvention is going to be. Yeah, Bob, I think there's a couple that come to mind. I think the first is we've seen the emergence of co-pilots or virtual agents, and I think they are remarkable. I would argue they are the, um, in many cases, will enable the next level of digital transformation for a lot of businesses. However, not every business needs one. And so I, I, the, the caution I would give, and I've talked to a couple of companies that are really excited about this and they want to create these, you know, virtual agents or, you know, bots and things like that. They can do all kinds of cool things. And when I talk to them about, well, did you have something like that before? And, you know, are you a business that has a massive consumer flow into your business that, you know, providing a little bit ease of use for the, the consumer? And these are B2B companies. And I just... I'm not suggesting you not experiment with that technology, but I think to use your expression of a rabbit hole, it would be very easy to get excited about that and think that there's this great application for it. And as you know, Bob, a lot of B2B businesses are really high touch. The products and services are selling are very expensive, highly differentiated and require contracts and other things. The idea of over automating that contact and stuff like this through the use of Gen AI, I think could could be an issue. I, I think the other, uh, Bob, is it's clear it is and will continue to transform the production of content. Mm-hmm. Now, content means a lot of things and people lump a lot of things into the content bucket. There too, I've talked to a couple of companies where I've really encouraged them, be a little careful there because you know, as, as extraordinary as the technology is, you've experimented with it, I've experimented with it. I think in the wrong hands, it will come off as what it is, a machine writing <clears throat> you know, copy and language. And I think you wanna be a little bit careful about, you, know, you, you could turn around and find out the hard way that you thought it was efficient, you thought it was this great way to go. I guess where I'm going is, make sure that you're balancing that this is augmenting human capabilities. I would keep that North Star as opposed to replacing human capabilities, because I think you may find as seductive as the idea could be from a financial point of view, you could reallocate costs. The reality of it is something like content is really your face. And in many cases, your brand speaking to a marketplace. You just want to be a little bit careful about how that works. Oh, man, Tony, this whole thing about the use of Gen I and the various use cases that can come up, I have to mention to you, uh, you know, very recently, I was at one of the big technology conferences, and there was uh, one of the speakers was the chief data officer from a big bank in Australia. And this chief digital officer said, you know, his team had been preparing, you know, some background, a lot of the key use cases that they were uh, prepared to move forward with, and the CDO had a meeting with the CEO to get the sign off from the CEO about which of these use cases to go forward with. And the chief digital officer was laughing a little. He said he went and started talking about use cases. And he said the CEO blurted out and said, hey, everything we do at the bank is a use case for Gen AI. 
And uh, the chief data officer's eyes sort of widened and he said, so, uh, you know, that is, he said, forget the technology uh, yeah. exploration, he said, which is very important. You've also got to ensure that there's alignment with the CEO on what uh, the use cases are. And he said, at least for right now, we can't do everything. Yeah, you know, I, I, I love hearing stories like that. And, and look, this is how markets are made, uh, right? You know, this, this amazing, you know, I'll call it still emerging, but I, I guess, frankly, it has emerged in gen AI technology. And I, I think, you know, creative, aggressive, you know, smart people are already taking this technology and doing remarkable things with it. My sense, Bob, is that the, 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 the first phase of really aggressive use that's going to pay off is where we're seeing Gen AI integrated into products and services with specific domain use cases. So not generic use cases. Okay, write me a white paper. Eh, okay, that's interesting, but I don't think it's gonna have some dramatic effect. I think a domain use case, something in finance, something in manufacturing, something you know in biotech or whatever, where, where it can be trained on not only a general LLM, but a specific set of data, an LLM that's that's domain specific. I think those are the areas, Bob, that are going to be really fun to see. And we're already beginning. I attended an event in, in Las Vegas back in May, as you know, and I, I was blown away by the stuff that they're already doing. Our colleague Tom Smith and I had a further series of briefings last uh, last week with a range of execs, and we're just now publishing some some uh, analysis on that. They've they've moved it even farther. So yeah. some of the things that they're doing are really remarkable. And I, I don't mean like, what if? I don't mean, hey, stay tuned. I mean, delivering and having an impact today. So, Tony, on this whole uh, subject there about competitive advantage, um, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, you know, there was um, I was talking to the CTO of a big tech company recently, and he said that uh, of the customers that he's talking to about Gen AI initiatives. He said right now about 80% of them are mostly focused on productivity, you know, doing things that the company's already doing more effectively. And 20% are looking at Gen AI to dig into this whole new realm of, uh, you know, transformative things, reimagine business process, yeah. new areas. What do you think about that ratio? Yeah, I, I think as, as we've been using this expression, Bob, of market transitions, we talked about the personal computer, we talked about the internet, and we talked about mobile. I think it's as critical, if we look back through history, as uh, the adoption of those technologies, meaning those that are investing now in understanding how to apply Gen AI. And, and I'm not talking about running out and spending tens of millions of dollars on generative AI. I'm talking about really a, a deep dive education process, understanding the technology, understanding the applicability for your industry and your business, bringing in vendors and providers, maybe talking to some ecosystem partners that have domain experience, I think will separate companies very rapidly. And it'll be very clear if we look back on this only 36 months from now, Bob, those that did it, and those that didn't. And if we go back from the PC era, we go back to the internet era, we go back to the mobile area, I well remember companies saying, oh, come on, we've got, we got typewriters. We don't need those PCs. What the hell are they? Come on, that's like a toy. We don't, we don't need that. We don't need yeah. that in our company. And you know, go, go, it would be interesting 
if you could do it, right? You know, those charts that, that look at the companies that were on, <laughs> pardon me, the New York Stock Exchange or the NASDAQ and the transition in the last 20 years, right? You know, who was, who was relevant, who wasn't, and you see the transition. It would be interesting to look at the companies that did or the companies that didn't invest in some of these, you know, emerging or fast growing areas or transformative areas of technology. I'll get off the historical rant there, but I really think two, two levels of thinking about it. If I'm on the buy side, meaning I'm running a company and I'm leveraging technology, which is virtually every company in the world today. Um, if you're not already, you know, piloting generative AI and have a project in place to get your team up to speed and understanding how to apply it in your company or your industry, it's too late. You, you really need to get on this. And again, I'm not talking about spending millions of dollars, but I am talking about spending time, precious time, really understanding it and understanding how you could harness it. If you're a provider of technology, um, you know, this is in its own way, like the transition to cloud, Bob. You know, a lot of on-premise folks sat on the sidelines and kind of, oh, cloud, you know, that'll never take off. And, you know, some of those folks aren't around anymore. And I think if you're a technology provider, you and I were talking about this before we uh, hit the record button, we're seeing some companies kind of do the, yeah, I've got that too, Gen AI talk, but that's a sure signal to me. And some of these are major companies. That's a sure signal to me that this thing's for real. Yeah. And some companies have thought it through and been actively thinking about this for a few years. Some companies are just now going, holy smokes, we got to have a Gen AI point of view. Either way, whether you're a technology provider, whether you're a buyer and, and a, an executive that, that harnesses the power of technology to run your business. And then the third leg to the stool, boy, if I'm in the partner ecosystem right now, this is a clarion call because your ability to co-create and to get into some of these arenas and really do some remarkable stuff to, um, to, to build opportunities or build expertise or new products or services for your customers. This is a, a very unique opportunity. Yeah, Tony, it, it sure is. And Tony, the last thing I wanted to ask you about here was, uh, you know, it's a subject again over the last year, year and a half, you and I have talked about a lot because I think it's, it is one of those things that's a, just a stunning change in the interplay between technology providers and technology buyers, as you've described it. And that's this whole area of co-creation, uh, yeah. right? Where you've got the companies that traditionally were purely consumers of other people's technology. They're now continuing to do that, but they're also becoming more and more creators of technology, sometimes on their own, sometimes in combination with a tech vendor, sometimes with an ecosystem partner. So where do you see the you know, the uh, the possibilities for Gen AI and this whole co-creation phenomenon. Yeah, Bob, I'm writing a, a post right now about why Gen AI, AI will turbocharge co-creation. And, and I mean, like, send it to the moon. And, and I think for, for a few reasons, some are obvious, maybe some are a little bit less obvious. I mean, just the sheer ability to, to access compute power and I'll use the expression intelligence for idea generation. You know, how many awkward meetings have you been in in your corporate life, right? Or perhaps on behalf of, of clients where, you know, we're, we're trying to come up with new ideas. That 20% of, you know, okay, hey, we're going to apply this to the current business, but how about new, new ideas and all this kind of stuff? The power of generative AI to help kind of define and understand based on the data, new ideas. 
the ability to prototype, the ability to customize, the ability for rapid iterative feedback. I mean, rapid scalable feedback to adjust and to start to build things. But I think the big area for me, at least when it comes to creation, Bob, I'll use the expression accessibility, but you know, one of the, it, Gen AI has the ability to lower or, or level, not lower, level the playing field. So for instance, I'll give you an example as, as a multi-time CEO who spent a lot of time in rooms understanding how to apply a technology and how we might do it. I can hang in that conversation up to a point. Mm -hmm. And that point tends to be when hands are going onto a keyboard to actually code software. I can do a little bit, I've taken some courses, but boy, by no means, and friends of mine that are watching this serve, that served as CTOs of companies I've run are chuckling as I'm saying this. I, I'm not somebody that understands that. As you know, Gen AI, text to code and other components and, and features to this, starts to level that playing field so that now that co-creation, whether it's, you know, I'm a, a business technology, you know, buyer and I'm going to work with a provider, technology provider, or I, I just have the technology and I can start to enhance the capability and we can start to create new tools and applications out of it. I think that's, you know, really fantastic. I think one other thing I'd mention, you know, we've talked a lot about the idea of a platform and a marketplace. The original idea of the platform economy was that people could go onto the platform and co-create value. So it wasn't just one dimension, right? It wasn't just the, the provider and the buyer, but others could go onto the platform and co-create value. And you do see examples of this, you know, the uh, Apple App Store, I'll give that as, a, as an example maybe of that. I think Gen AI has the opportunity to help us create collaborative platforms for co-creation that will have capabilities that are just simply mind blowing. Because again, go back to, you don't have to always be somebody who knows how to code. You don't have to be somebody that knows how to, how to do data analytics at a supercomputer level, right? The, the uh, power of these tools will allow that. So that's just a, a few ideas, Bob, but I really think that you know co-creation, unfortunately, has been one of these things that sounded really cool. Huh. And it, it's kind of this neat idea, but if you really unpack it, very few people are really doing it. There's a few good examples, like you watch some of the work done in manufacturing, Microsoft has done in manufacturing in the auto industry, fascinating co-creation where it's very difficult to see what Ford did versus what Microsoft did or how they came together. It's really fantastic. And I, I don't mean to um, say that there aren't good examples of that, but the reason we can name a handful is there's only a handful. I think what Gen AI will do is to, to create more of a mainstream, um, I'll use the expression platform for co-creation that previously hasn't existed. So I, I'm, you can tell I'm fired up about huh. it. I think we're gonna see stuff that we never really imagined before. And I think it will be a very innovative phase as this gets off the ground. Yeah, Tony, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And it is one of those areas where, especially as uh, you know, you talked about it, as we get into that reinvention phase, you know, this yeah. possibility of doing it in concert with a tech provider or a partner or both, it's a, it's a very exciting time. Well, uh, Professor, thank you, Tony, for your thoughts here on this uh, remarkable latest 
you know, world-shaking phenomenon here around Gen AI. It's it's going to be an exciting ride. Hey, Bob, thanks for uh, for having me on. It's great to see you, and uh, I, I look forward to somewhere in the future we check back in on Gen AI and, and uh, see if some of the things we've talked about have come uh, come to fruition. Perfect. Tony, thanks a lot. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here on this episode of Cloud Wars Live with Tony Apoff, who is one of our monthly digital all-stars. Thanks very much. We'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.